سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وصدق الله العظيم All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Most High said in his book, O you who believe, fear Allah as you should be feared, and die not except for in a state of submission to him. And Allah Most High said in his book, Indeed there has come to you a messenger from amongst yourselves, upon whom your affair weighs heavily, and who watches over you vigilantly and is with the believers kind and merciful. So if the people turn away say, Allah is sufficient for me, there's no God except for him. Upon him I place my trust and he is the Lord of the magnificent throne. And Allah Ta'ala speaks the truth. So last week we spoke about the return of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam as a matter of creed. And we spoke about certain matters of creed that are connected with Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Namely, the obligation to believe that he was not crucified, that he did not die, that he is still alive, that Allah Ta'ala raised him up to the heavens and that he will come down again before the end of time. This week, we will discuss how he'll come down and what he'll do when he comes down. So we narrate with an unbroken chain of narration, a hadith of the Prophet although we are not going to read the entire hadith uh, here today, we are going to read part of it. And we're going to read the second part, and the first part of the hadith essentially is a, an extensive description of the Dajjal. Uh, most of the details of that description we have covered in weeks past. And after the, the, describing the Dajjal and the extent of his uh, mischief, Rasulullah said, فَبَيْنَمَا هُوَ كَذَلِكَ إِذْ بَعَثَ اللَّهُ الْمَسِيحَ إِبْنَ مَرْيَمَ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّلَامُ فَيَنْزِلُوا عِنْدَ الْمَنَارَةِ الْبَيْضَاءِ شَرْقِيَّ الدِّمَشْقِ that when he is at the peak of his mischief, when the Dajjal is at the peak of his mischief, at the white minaret to the east of Damascus, Christ, Jesus, the son of Mary, السلام, may the peace of Allah be upon both of them, will descend. He will be wearing two white pieces of cloth. And the description of those two white pieces of cloth will be that they will be slightly slightly tinged with yellow. Something reminiscent of 
the unbleached white that our forefathers used to wear. Something reminiscent of the ihram, two unstitched pieces of cloth, one wrapped around the lower part of the body and one wrapped around the upper half of the body, which we not only wear in Hajj, but also is the original uh, and the native libas and clothing of Semitic-speaking people, Arabs uh, and others. And he will have his arms to the point, the extent that even his palms will be on the wings of angels, meaning he'll be carried down by two angels from the heavens. He'll be lowered gently. And when he keeps his head down, if he was to keep his head down, it's as if his head was had enough perspiration on it that it's about to beat up with sweat. And the commentators on this hadith mention that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is describing vivid detail how clean he will look. That he's white clothing, he's coming down with the angels. How clean he will look and how, how much nudra, how much nadra uh, uh, there will be in his face. Meaning how bright, how much nur there will be uh, uh, on his face. That when his head is down, it's as if it's about to perspire, meaning it's shining. And if he were to lift his head up, then that perspiration which was about to beat up would beat up and roll off the softness of his skin like beads of silver and like pearls. That Allah will endow him with a number of miraculous qualities. One of which is that the effect of his breath. The effect of his breath will be such that if it were to touch any kafir, anyone who denies Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that it will kill him. He will not be able to survive. That it will kill him. And the effect of his breath will reach around him in every direction as far as his uh, Mubarak eyes can see, alayhi salam. And then he will seek out the Dajjal because it is his divinely ordained task to dispatch him. That he will seek out the Dajjal, the false Messiah, until he finds him uh, at the Bab of Lud. And Lud is, is again, it's a, a place, a geographical place uh, in Palestine. Uh, and it is actually, in specific, it is the place nowadays where the Tel Aviv airport is. It's actually like the Lod, L-O-D-D uh, uh, airport, I'm told. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. But he'll catch up with him at the Bab of Lud and he'll kill him. Now imagine this. If the effect of the breath of Sayyidina Isa salam is what? That no kafir will it touch except for it will, it will be the end of him. And the Dajjal is the personification of kufr. So in other hadiths it's mentioned in vivid detail that the Dajjal upon Sayyidina Isa laying eyes upon him he will start to melt and dissolve like salt dissolves in water. But even then Sayyidina Isa will catch up with him and strike him with his weapon and say to him that Allah Ta'ala had written this strike in my favor before he created the heavens and the earth and you will not be able to escape from it. 
ثم ياتي عيسى قوم قد عصمهم الله منه فيمسح عن وجوههم ويحدثهم بدرجاتهم في الجنة فبينما هو كذلك إذ أوحى الله إلى عيسى عليه السلام أني قد أخرجت عبادا لي لا يداني لأحد بقتالهم فحرز عبادي إلى الطور Then a group of people will come to Isa السلام, that Allah through him protected them and all of the difficulties all of the difficulties that they uh, uh, went through all of the sacrifices that they had to give all of the hunger, thirst, fear, anxiety, stress that they had to go through in combating the Dajjal all of it when they see his Mubarak face alayhi salam it's as if he'll wipe all of it from their face that they'll be happy again and the ill effect of all of the difficulty and struggle they went through will be wiped from their face and he will in fact inform them about the different places in Jannah Allah has prepared for them because of the difficulty that they went through and while they're in this gathering of happiness Allah will inform Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam, Indeed I have sent out from my slaves those people who nobody has a chance to even lift uh, uh, two hands against them, meaning nobody is going to be able to fight them. So take my slaves that are with you and fortify yourselves in the mountain of Tur. The mountain of Tur is the mountain on which Sayyidina Musa السلام, first received Wahi, revelation. It is known to be in the uh, Sinai Peninsula. It's a known place. And so all of them will go up the mountain and fortify themselves. Uh, فَيَشْرَبُونَ مَا فِيهَا وَيَمُرُّ آخِرُهُمْ فَيَقُولُونَ لَقَدْ كَانَ بِهَذِهِ مَرَّةً مَاءٌ And Yajuj and Majuj, Gog and Magog, will come upon them. And they will rush down from every high place. And Yajuj and Majuj are described in the Qur'an as two ancient warlike tribes of human beings. They will be human beings. They will be what? Human beings. I know there are a lot of weird crackpot theories that circulate around on the internet and on YouTube. And we all know everything on the internet is true, right? You, always everything you see on TV and the internet is true, right? That's the best place to learn your Islam, right? Uh, unfortunately, because we haven't invested as a community in known and trusted and respected methods and channels to learn our deen, people have these crackpot theories. And uh, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, oftentimes believing the wrong things with regards to the deen of Allah Ta'ala has a deleterious effect on the psyche of a human being more than what they think. And uh, uh, we have to deal with the problems then afterwards. But uh, if somebody has heard this, then uh, know it's wrong. There are a number of ahadith in which is very explicit that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Qur'an itself, to be uh, uh, fair, describes them as people, as human beings. But they are especially ferocious and they're especially uh, 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 warlike people. 
people of very few scruples. And they're described as the denizens of the hellfire by the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning Jahannam was made for people like that. And so these intense and fierce warlike people who by the mercy of Allah Ta'ala, because of the terror that they used to wreak on the ancient ones, by the du'as of the people, Allah Ta'ala, if you read Surah Al-Kahf, and we don't have time to describe in, in, in detail, but if you read the Surah Al-Kahf, which is what we described in Khutubat past as being the wird and the litany that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prescribed for a person who wishes to have protection from the Dajjal and who wishes to have protection from fitna in general, that they should read on Fridays. So those who haven't read it should go and open the Book of Allah and read it. If you want your son to read it, then he should see you reading it. Instead of telling him you read it, he should see you reading it. And that uh, uh, Surah Al-Kahf then describes this Yajuj and Majuj, that uh, an ancient uh, world-conquering king from amongst the righteous people, Dhul Qarnayn, Allah Ta'ala sent him to seal these people up uh, 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 in response to the prayers of the people uh, 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 for protection from them. That they will at this time be released. And their savagery will be something that the people are completely uh, un, unprepared for. Uh, and they will come rushing down from every high place. Yansilun. Nasilan in Arabic is uh, like when a person is going downhill, what do you do? You shuffle your feet. You take very fast, rapid uh, steps. You shuffle your feet really quickly. That's what, what that means. Uh, and the, the first of their army when they passed the Lake Tiberias, uh, uh, which is a place that perhaps many people in this community, it's not that, diff- it's not that far from their an- ancestral homelands. That when they passed the Lake Tiberias in, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the Holy Land, the first of them will drink from it, and their army will keep passing and drinking from that lake to the point where they exhaust it. And the last of their army will say, there used to be a time when there was a lake here, meaning they'll completely... Uh, 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 use and completely consume everything that, that was there. And consumption is unfortunately a, a, a sickness and a disease that characterizes uh, our age, so we're uh, well familiar with it. And their armies will siege. وَيُحْصَرُ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ وَأَصْحَابُهُ حَتَّى يَكُونَ رَأْسُ الثَّوْرِ لِأَحَدِهِمْ خَيْرًا مِنْ مِئَةِ دِينَارٍ لِأَحَدِكُمُ الْيَوْمِ فَيَرْغَبُ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ عِيسَى بْنُ مَرْيَمَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ عِيسَى وَأَصْحَابُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فَيُرْسِلُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ النَّغَفَ فِي رِقَابِهِمْ فَيُصْبِحُونَ فَرْسَاءً كَمَوْتِ عَفْوًا نَفْسٍ وَاحِدًا And at that time, the Prophet of Allah and his companions that are with him will be sieged on the mountain of Tur. And the siege will be so harrowing and so difficult that they will get to a point where just the head of a bull would be more valuable to them than a hundred gold coins would be to one of you. Meaning a hundred gold dinars, right? Each dinar is, is what, four, uh, four grams. And uh, 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 so, you know, it would be over a thousand dollars probably. Uh, and so who here is like, hmm, I'm going to go spend $1,000 on a bull's head? Nobody. Why? What are you going to eat? You can eat the eyes, you can eat the tongue. Most of us would probably spend $1,000 not to have to eat the eyes and the tongue and the brain. Maybe some of, some of us are, you know, from the old country, have the habit of digging in. Nothing wrong with that. But the point is, it's not, it's not 
something you spend that much money on and it's not the choicest of meat. But the point is, is that they're going to be sieged. And because of the siege, there'll be such scarcity of, of, of food and drink and other basic essentials that if they had the money, they would have spent it on even a bull's head. And something interesting as a cultural note from the Ajnasul An'am, the uh, cattle, camel, goats, sheep, buffalo, etc. Um, those animals that, are, that there's zakat against, the cattle, as far as eating the meat is concerned, traditionally with the Arabs and with most Muslim people, is considered to be the, the cheapest and the lowest quality, although we don't think of it anymore like that. So this idea that you would pay a thousand gold coins for a bull's head is a metaphor uh, for the emphatic nature of their dire poverty and starvation in this siege. At that time, Isa salam and his companions their hopes will turn to Allah. This is a very important expression that has to do with a number of the ahwal and the circumstances that are described in this hadith and in the hadith regarding the end times. That there will be those points where people have completely exhausted all of their means. They have no idea how they're going to deal with the, the problem in front of them. So they turn their hopes toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the only hope they have at the time. But it's the only hope anyone ever had in the first place, no matter what means they have or don't have at their disposal. They'll turn their hopes toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and Allah will send upon these armies a naghaf. Naghaf is a parasitic worm that infests the nasal passages of camels and of goats and sheep. It's a very small worm that Allah Ta'ala will send them, uh, send a naghaf on them. And the commentators on the hadith mention something, which is a concept that we've talked about previously in khutbah as well. Which is the naghaf is an extremely small worm. Here you have the most ferocious army of human beings ever known to have existed. And they sweep out of nowhere and siege Sayyidina Isa salam and his army that just got done dispatching the Dajjal. And here there's this naghaf, it's like this like, it's inconsequential thing. But when Allah sends it down on them, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentions that farsa, it gets up on them as if it's a predator and they're the prey. And when they die, it's so savage in the way that it, it, it kills them that they all die as if it's like one death, meaning they're all, it takes them all out at one time. Uh, then the Prophet of Allah, Isa السلام, and his companions, they come down from their fortification on the mountain to the ground and they look at the land around them and they don't find even a hand's breadth worth of space except for it is filled with the, 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 the leftover remnants of their bodies and their bodily fluid and the, the filth uh, that comes with uh, uh, just a large group of people being eaten alive by parasites and it's disturbing and we know that it's not only disgusting, but it's also itself a safety hazard. And so the Prophet of Allah, alayhi salam, and his companions, 
they turn their hope toward Allah Ta'ala that, Ya Allah, what are we going to do about this? What can we do? You know, like what, what, what way out is there for us? And Allah will send down birds uh, that are described by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Bukht is a type of camel that has an especially long neck. And so they will be like the necks of the, the Bukht, meaning very large and powerful birds. And they will come and they will piece by piece take these bodies away and throw them wherever Allah wills them to throw them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after their bodies are, 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 are taken away, He will send down such a rain that no house, neither a solid built house nor a tent uh, made of hair, uh, will be left behind except for it, it will be hit by that rain and uh, the earth will be cleansed like the cleansing of a mirror. Then it will be said to the earth, sprout forth your fruits and return your blessings. Then Allah will command the earth to bring forth its fruits and to go back to its old blessings. And on that day, an entire band of men will be able to eat from one pomegranate. It will be large enough to feed them. And its peels and its the kind of membrane and shell uh, it will be large enough that people can take shade in it. And this is really interesting that the Messenger of Allah mentions this. That he says that Allah will say, Ruddi barakatiki, go back to your old blessings. And Allah knows best how the ancient people would have interpreted this. But we know now from uh, archaeology, paleontology, that the earth used to be filled with megafauna and megaflora. There used to be huge plants, there used to be huge animals at some point in the earth. It's not like a fantasy, it actually happened. And we're not only talking about the time of the dinosaurs, even the early human beings, they had woolly mammoths and mastodons and like beavers bigger than a human being and all of these like oryx, you know, the oryx, the modern cattle are domesticated oryx. The actual wild oryx is much bigger than the, the, the cattle. And many of these species, human beings actually hunted them to extinction. And so the Messenger of Allah is very interesting, he uses this wording that Allah commands the earth, go back to the old barakat that you used to have. And then uh, he mentions that, that, that even the plants will become bigger again, they'll become megaflora again, uh, that he mentions this huge uh, pomegranate and the likes of it. risli, uh, that milk, there will be barakah especially in milk. Uh, until to the point where the milk giving she camel will give enough milk for a huge group of people to drink from. And the milk, cam the cam the milk giving uh, uh, cow, the dairy cow, will give enough milk for an entire tribe of people, which is less in size than the fi'am. And then uh, a, a, a milk giving goat or sheep will give uh, enough milk 
for a, a, a group of people, a large group of people, but less than the, the, the size of a tribe. And this is itself a special sign of barakah because we know the Messenger of Allah loved milk and the drinking of milk is a metaphor in the imagery of the Sunnah for the uh, Aboriginal and the organic nature of a human being, for the fitrah. Because it's the first thing a child drinks from his mother. And even nowadays, you know, after all of this nonsense about milk being poisoned and fat is going to kill you and etc, etc. Now what do bodybuilders and weightlifters do? They eat whey protein in the day and they uh, eat casein protein before going to sleep. Both of which are derived from milk. That's how you uh, bulk up muscle and burn fat. And uh, uh, all of this will be there in its organic form. You don't have to buy it in, uh, you know, whatever chocolate milkshake flavored boxes from Amazon.com. You can get it in its, its original form, which is the most healthy. And it will be enough for everybody. In this state, they will live. And this hadith doesn't mention, but in other hadiths it's mentioned that Sayyidina Isa will live in this state and he'll die in this state. That the earth will unlock its barakat. There will be harmony between human beings and there will be harmony between human beings and between the earth. And he will live a natural life, and he will marry, and he will have children, and uh, uh, he will perform hajj and umrah, take the ihram. And it's even mentioned that there is a place reserved for him in the hujra mubarakah, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the shaykhain Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhumah are buried. That there is a place reserved for him, for him in that place, which is where he would belong and where it would be the most proper that he should be buried. So next time the evangelists come to bring the good news to your house and says, Jesus is coming, are you ready? You can inform them how ready you are. That this is a tradition handed down to us by our forefathers. That it's enough that it's important that they should be mentioned from the manabir of the masajid. And he will leave a khalifa behind him according to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, a person by the name of Muq'ad. And Allah knows if it's his name or if it's ishara towards something else. But Muq'ad will rule then a complete reign. And then after he passes from the earth, uh, this thing that is described in this hadith will happen, which is a pleasant wind will come, a pleasant breeze will come, and it will, uh, uh, it will take the people through their uh, place inside their armpits. And they will uh, 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 then all die. Uh, every believer and every Muslim will uh, die. And no one will be left on the earth except for the most evil of people. And they will be people who will uh, uh, indulge in uh, 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 sexual uh, desires and carnal desires in the manner of indulgence uh, of donkeys. That you don't see donkeys getting a room, but they do what they wish to do in public, in the city, in the open. And those are the most horrible of people, and upon them will the uh, uh, last hour of this earth be established. Inshallah, we will then uh, finish this discussion in a later khutbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us with uh, the help of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam on top of the greatest honor of all, sending the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah make us worthy of us, worthy of us and give us His help at that time and every time between now and then when we call upon it. Wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.